0: guys welcome to Bag and broadcast episode number 358 i'm chris
1: i'm john and i'm paul and we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways the first being the week in geek bringing you
2: the top geek stories of the past week next is the list the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out december 13th 2017 enjoy that while it lasts Only, only a few more episodes
0: then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic and this week it's Time for the third chapter in our great Marvel movie retrospective, and this is Iron
1: Man 2 from 2010. Yeah, see, it doesn't work with anything other than does, 17. It doesn't work. <clears throat> yeah.
2: But you know what does work? Drinking. We love our drinking.
1: And as you can tell from the intro, I've been drinking already. And uh, right now, we're drink- John and I are drinking uh, from Voodoo Brewery. Yes, the same Voodoo Brewery that brought us yeah, our last... You Les- guys
0: have been drinking them for a full week now.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, seven days without Voodoo Brewery makes one week. This is Voodoo Brew's HTP. Originally going to be called "Hail to the Penn," Penn State, the Pitney Lions. Uh, it's a New England style IPA. This is 8.6 alcohol by volume, and it's a little less than fresh now. It's probably. Month, two months old. Yeah, month and, like, and a half so you had
0: it fresh on was it not episode three ninety five uh, or three ninety six.
1: And I absolutely loved it. I went back it,
0: recently and picked up even more. If you want to know which one it was, you can just actually head over to bangboard.com. In the search bar, just look for voodoo brewery. It'll have every single episode where you guys have had something from Voodoo
1: pop up on it. Wow. So Internet. It's amazing. It's like Google's doing search. It's great. Does its job. It's so much better than Yahoo. Looking up things by category. Silly. This was originally going to be called Hail to Penn. They printed out. They got approval from somebody over at Penn State for the labeling. And all of a sudden, they were printing it out. And a week after they printed out the labels and started selling it, they get a cease and desist lawyers from uh, Penn State's lawyers saying, hey, uh, you can't do that. Probably because Penn State had uh, recently won their sorority uh, fraternities have somebody die during a drinking binge. So they probably got uptight Ooh. real quick about it. Got
2: real uptight real quick.
1: <laughs> and Voodoo Brewery's lawyer looked at it and said, don't mess with it. Don't fight it. Just pull the labels. So right now, you can if you go to the brewery, they can't distribute it because it has no barcode labels. So you have to pick this up at the brewery because all they did was pull off every single label off the cans and just write everything with uh, a Sharpie on it. So that's a lot of hard work, a lot of boring work. I feel bad for the people that had to do that, but it's a it was a really, really good beer about a month and a half ago. It's still a decent good drinking beer now
2: uh yeah no i I like it the first time I had it, which was about a month about ago. a month ago, and I'm liking it now. It has great flavor. you can tell that it is losing its luster a little mm-hmm. bit of that eight percent has a bit of a bitter on the tongue. Where it was really smooth and juicy, but there's
1: it's a straight juice before <clears throat> like that first
2: time I had it on the show, it was like, mm. and it still is, mm, but it is it is it is lacking a little bit. But definitely, it's worth the drive. Oh, yeah. It was worth the drive there. It's... Uh, it was worth the twenty bucks bucks for the four pack that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, not, it's, it's still good, but it's not as winning of a team as it was. If you're ever ever wondering what Usher. Is saying "Oh my
1: God!" T- about it's because he had a sip of this before he started singing. Okay,
2: you know the song. <laughs> I thought you were talking like a movie Usher. No, no Usher, the
1: R and B star. You may know him as Usher from the <laughs> the hit song "Yeah,"
0: featuring Ludacris and Little John.
1: Oh, uh oh 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 oh.
0: <laughs> Anyways, I have a beer too.
1: <laughs> Does it make you my- say "Oh my God"? <laughs>
0: It strangely doesn't. It's not bad, but uh, I find it a little bit lacking and this is coming from Clown Shoes Beer and this is their Breakfast Beast Imperial Stout. And this is a combination of three of their other beers. The Barrel-Aged Undead Party Crasher, Blakorn Unit Dragon and a Experimental New Stout which has gone unnamed. Blended together with Cold Brew Coffee from Barrington Roasting Company and then, uh, then bottled. It's not bad. You get a lot of that dark coffee a little bit of chocolate on it but the blending of all the beers with that third one and then the coffee has kind of stripped away everything that i really enjoyed from the uh, blake or unit dragon and then the undead party crasher i will still drink this but i forget how much the bomber bottle of this was i would kind of rather save that money for a different clown shoes beer or something else that's been barrel aged it's a little bit of a letdown honestly and it's not bad, it's just it doesn't live up to what I expected from the pedigree of those other beers and, and Clown Shoes on its own.
2: It's few and far in between that I've been let down by a Clown Shoes barrel-aged bomber or bomber from them, but I mean, it, it, like any brewery, it'll happen. And uh, it just always stinks when um, it's one that you've spent a good amount of money on that you're like, it's, oh. It was
0: probably at least like $14, like
2: maybe and, uh, a little bit more. Yeah, it always just sucks when you're like, ah, oh, could have been better.
0: Yeah, it's it's not bad, but I rather would have picked up a bottle of the Playcord Unit Dragon than this and that like that Russian Imperial like really really pops out on it. Uh, yeah, the combination of beers they just kind of become muddied, and I think the last thing that I had on the show that was a blended beer was from the brewery with I can't remember the name of it, but it was the like. The Mischief. Uh, I'm blanking out now, but yeah. You can find it in show notes. Just look for stuff from the brewery that I had recently. You'll it was. find it. That was fantastic. That was absolute heaven. That was, a, I think, the perfect melding of, of beers and just showed what it could be if you blend stuff together. This, it gets a little bit muddied.
2: It's uh, too bad. Mm. And some things, and sometimes things get muddied in the news. Yeah. So,
1: uh, a very light week of news. In fact, Nothing that we really are that excited about to talk about, so, uh, and we want to get into our main topic in our book so much, we're just going to skip the news this week and get right into the list, I think, right? Yeah. So sure, wh- Why not?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. December? December 13th, 2017.
1: Chris, what are you looking forward to? I'm
0: looking forward to annual holiday special coming out. What? And... I, I know. Well, you picked the DC one last week. Uh, I'm looking to coming up from Image Comics. This is actually the Wicked and the Divine, Crystal Number One. Uh, this is all written by uh, writer Kieran Gillum. A bunch of different artists all handling uh, the art on this. It sounds like it's going to be like an anthology of the different characters that you've seen in the Wicked and the Divine popping up. Uh, kind of in their earlier days, whether it's them actually as humans or, like, their first, like, Christmas as gods. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But, yeah. Christmas annual, telling the tale of gods uh, at Christmas. It should be fun. And if it's not fun, it'll be because it wasn't meant to be and (sighs) it'll be kind of gut-wrenching because that's what
1: Kieran Gillen does well. Oh. Gut-wrenching Christmas. It's something... Oh, Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, My dad always hates, uh, uh, you know the song about, uh, and tell scary ghost stories of Christmases long, long ago. My dad hates that line because he's like, "No, Christmas shouldn't be a." He he understands that a Christmas carol is a thing, but cr- scary ghost stories <laughs> of is long, long ago—that's not what Christmas is about. He hates that line in that song. He likes that song, other than well, that scary ghost line. stories. Is I didn't get a Nintendo.
0: <laughs> hey guys, I finally figured <laughs> out it was Beg to Board episode number three fifty when I had the Melange number three. Oh, hey, I did it. You did it. Thanks. Thanks,
2: Uh I agree I, with my dad. That's all I'm saying. I like Mr. Miracle, and number five is coming out, and I'm <laughs> so happy about it. So Christmassy. <laughs> so Christmassy. Uh, I've been really enjoying Tom King's Mr. Miracle. Um, every time, blown away by how good the book is and where it's going, and liking it every, every time. And there's just... I don't know. I don't want to give anything away to anyone who's not reading it or the people who I'm going to make read it <laughs> when this is done and we will read it in a trade and policy, but it is... Um, just call me every once in a while just to see how I'm doing while I'm reading fantastic. it. Fantastic. I'll make you read it in front of me.
1: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, Paul, check in after every issue. We'll go to a
2: strip club and you can watch a stripper and read this book. <laughs> just that first issue <laughs> is... even d- more depressing. It is depressing. <laughs> Only that first issue where he commits, you know tries to commit suicide is the only time that is really relevant I mean. Relevant. I mean they bring it up and they talk about it but it's the book is so much more than that mm-hmm. and I think you're weirdly dwelling on one little aspect of the book
1: it was the main focus it's a big <laughs> aspect it opens up out of the book and they talk about it throughout
2: yeah and they still they do continue to talk about it but it's not like it I don't know okay you got to read the rest of the book it's good yeah I,
1: uh, I gotta read the rest of the book
2: I think you issue st- five. Issue five. You're getting stuck oh, on one little part.
1: Issue, is issue six? Is this a pen? Ultimate? No. No.
2: It's um. An I forget eight? how it, many it is, but it's it's a good amount.
1: It's a good amount. Yeah. All of it good.
2: All, so far, it's been it's All been fantastic.
1: You know what's fantastic? Fantastic Four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, who's exactly.
2: on your shirt, Paul?
1: The Fantastic Four.
0: Oh, I didn't know he was wearing a Fantastic Four. Yeah.
1: Shirt. That's Mister Fantastic. That's the thing. That's Sue Storm, and that's a uh, Silver, Silver Surfer. <laughs> No, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Come on. And who's on the cover of the book that I'm looking forward to? Marvel 2-in-1? Uh, number one? Silver, Silver. No, it's the thing. And the Human Torch. And uh... apparently this is the reintroduction of the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Universe. What we've all been waiting for. All we,
2: meaning me. Uh, I think this is the thing and Johnny working together to try to find the rest of the group. Yeah. And I'm, I'm
1: excited. A buddy a buddy cop, a
2: buddy buddy travel movie. It's Hutch.
1: It's uh Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Huch. It's Hutch. Hutch was a travel movie, right? Dutch? Dutch, yeah. The guy with the hockey bag? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it that's, since That's forever. called Dutch. Oh Dutch.
2: I haven't seen it in years. I try to watch it every is it, year.
1: Uh, is it good? It is fun. It's okay. not great. Is it as good as Slapstick? Slapshot? No. Yeah. Nothing's as good. Well as that's the
2: hockey, but it's all about hockey.
1: Yeah. I like hockey. (laughs) Is it as good as The Goon?
2: Probably I like it better than The Goon.
1: Did you see The Goon hockey movie? Yeah. I like it
2: quite a bit. It's good. Mm -hmm. Did you see the sequel? No, not yet. That's okay, because we got a dramatic reading to do. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Anyways, this is the Fantastic Four, uh, Johnny and the Thing looking for the other two. So I'm excited. We got a dramatic reading to do, which means we got to get a special guest. If I can do it. Right back one. I heard
2: there.
0: Oh, she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to leave you away.
2: Chris has got a, a... I can't hear Chris.
0: <laughs> you have to let her know. She's not on headphones. I wasn't on headphones, so they just said three, two, one, 2, 1, go.
2: No, I said three, two, one. 2, 1. Okay. Chris, go ahead.
0: Okay, well, I have to introduce it, and then she has to go. I don't know what's happening in the studio.
2: Yeah.
0: be prepared? Can she hear Yes. Okay. Because after I introduce it, then you go. And now, a dramatic reading from Doomsday Clock, number one, page 34, panel five. I heard their tires screech. Ma, scream. Pa, grit his teeth. It was the night my parents died, Lois. It was horrible.
2: What? Oh, Clark.
0: That was a dramatic reading from Doomsday Clock number one, page 34, panel five. That's great.
2: Could you tell that her mustache was digitally removed? I could not. <laughs> 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 Good joke.
1: You know what's better than digitally removing things? Practical effects. Yes.
2: Yes. And we get a
1: lot of great practical effects in uh, the movie we're reviewing, which is Iron Man number two. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just Iron Man 2, right?
0: Yes, Iron Man. Uh, and the third part of a great Marvel movie retrospective. Go back our current where the universe had the debate, which us with the tens, Iron Man number is the third part of the MCU, and also the part of what later became known as Phase. Uh, So we're sitting, this is our very first
1: sequel. It's a qu- It's a quick sequel, though, too, because we have not gotten in... So, the thing is with Iron Man 2, I'm still super surprised when I go back now to realize that this came out before Captain America, The First Avenger, and also the first Thor movie. Like, if I were to go back and actually put these in order myself, I would put the this in between Captain America, First Avenger, and Thor. Like, uh, because they mentioned the Tammerfall. Is it? Oh, it's in, it's in the they, stinger. It's in the yeah, stinger.
0: That's, that's, that's the very end. That's the being with Thor yeah. and Tammerfall. So I would put in it... In the lead up to
1: the next one. So I would put it... There, because you see Captain America's shield as a teaser for Captain America, but I'd rather have that as a callback to Captain America versus Avenger. So I would put it in between those two.
0: Point. I think that doesn't work because that's them building the shield, or in the lead up to shield. But Captain America would have heading into
1: Avengers, but it lets you know that Captain America is coming. It's something that his dad was working on. like yeah, it was. I uh, feel like it could be either or, and I think it works. I, I think this works really well as
0: not just like a sequel to Iron Man, but the introduction to the larger Marvel Universe, more so than we had with Incredible Hulk, which is something that I think we'll circle around to as we kind of get through the episode, because, Paul, I know that's kind of one of your sticking points for not liking this movie, yeah, uh, is the introduction of of things that we'll talk about. We'll talk about later, uh, but yeah, here we are—the third part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first sequel. Once again, John Favreau returning to direct this one. Um, also, we have Robert Downer Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow both returning as Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. John Favreau again returning as Happy Hogan. Uh, Terrence Howard, however, not coming back. To play James Rhodes, and this time we got Don Cheadle, which I kind of want to talk about a little bit because I think he does so much better in this role because you need someone that can play off of Tony mm-hmm. and go like head to head with him. And I didn't really get that from Terrence Howard in the first one.
2: So you didn't feel Cheadle at all with uh, the switch? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I did not feel Cheeled out of it. I think Cheadle. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Paul knocked his microphone over onto the computer. That was
0: really funny. And that's why I had humor about it.
2: He did a uh, he he did a mime esque, uh, grandiose, aren't I the greatest, uh, swan thing? Yeah,
1: you know, like uh, staying up on the top rope, like I'm the wrestler, and my career is going to go up and up, and there's no way I'm coming back down from this high.
2: I think Don Cheadle has given more to do in this than we got from answering their phone, Terrence Howard. Yes. Because that's all he did. Terrence Howard had the line of, I'm going to have to do this in the next movie and then not be in the next movie.
0: And this is something that I did not until I started doing the research in the lead up to this episode where Terrence was actually the first actor cast in Iron Man 1. And it was him talking to Jon Favreau that was like, hey, I'm friends with Robert Downey Jr. You should totally get him to do this. Terrence Howard is basically what Robert Downey Jr. on board for this and as the first actor cast he was actually the one that was paid the most for his appearance and then when they got around to start doing Iron Man 2 Robert Downey Jr. was definitely going to get paid a lot more money mm-hmm. and they just would not have those talks with Terrence Howard which led him falling off the table and then that led like a rift between Robert Downey Jr. and Terrence Howard he was like hey I went to bed for you why is she doing this for me? And then Tony Jr. like, I'm Tony, totally sir! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: that makes a great, Don. that makes the end of uh, the last the Captain America Civil War seem so much better because it's Rhodey that says, yeah, this is Mr. Stank. <laughs> <laughs> Works works on so many levels. I don't mind. Or to the Marvel Cinematic Universe benefit? It's the first time, and we know we're going to see it in the future, where these characters are going to be recast. Like because Iron Man can't always be Robert Downey Jr. in his fifties, and that's probably talk for a future episode with having to recast some of these characters if they're going to come back. I don't.
0: Well, I think at this point they're at the mark where they might not have to recast them because they can just jerk the characters off to be someone else. Right. Like Bucky's... It it happens in the comic books all the time, exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. with Captain America, you can have him come Bucky. Like, Bucky can't step into that role. We can do the same thing with Iron Man. Like, as much as Tony Stark is Iron Man, they had a whole Movie about that that we'll be talking about later. Do do we need to have Tony in the role, or would it be something more interesting to have someone else stepping into it? Whether they go like the Riri Williams route or or someone else.
1: And I think that's what Marvel Comics is kind of doing. They're testing the waters with like who can we make? Who's the next cool kid to be Tony Stark or uh, Iron Man? Robert Downey Jr. again in this movie. This is him. I think the major we're faced with two villains here: uh, Justin Hammer. And also Whiplash. But I think the main villain is Tony Stark himself facing his uh, mortality. This is, I think, what's great about this movie is they bring in a lot of this stuff from Demon in a Bottle without directly doing Demon in the Bottle because it's him. Because we'll see it later on, especially in Age of Ultron, where it's him facing his legacy, what he's leaving behind. We saw it a little bit in the first movie with him being like, no, I can't leave a legacy of just mass destruction anymore like he faces in the first movie he faces his mortality in that cave and he emerges as something greater this is now him out of the cave faces his mortality again and falling into the pit like and i think it's a very interesting story and it's the first time we see an origin, a superhero movie that is no longer an origin story like since superman from the 1980s and also the Batman series from the 1990s, like this is the first superhero comic book movie that we get that's not an origin film, which is mind blowing to me. I never thought about it when I first watched it, but that's what it is.
2: Uh, yeah, and I, uh, it, it's. I think the the tie in with him being uh, poisoned by what is keeping him alive uh, is a good turn for, like, the demon in the bottle, where it is he's the... Mm-hmm. It's the only thing keeping him going alcoholic. is that
1: alcohol, but it's also killing him. It's also, you know...
2: Yeah. Uh, so I think it's actually a better... I think it's a better turn that that it's... What's keeping him alive is killing him, and it's... It's a more
1: heroic kind of turn.
2: Yeah. It's that thing, though, of, like, uh, you just need to create a new element, and then he has to create a new element to create
0: and that i think it goes to the whole legacy thing that when paul you said that word that was kind of what i came into and out of this movie on rewatching. Mm-hmm. with his no this focuses more on the legacy like this is him learning from not just his mistakes but picking up like the trail from what his father had left with him and yeah it gets very deus ex machina where it's like no like i laid the groundwork for this new element you just need to finish it it's it's cheesy and it it doesn't have to happen. I think the demon in a bottle references are there, even not just with the uh, the palladium stuff, but just with the fact that Tony's going through some some shit, and he celebrates his birthday. And what does he do at his birthday? He gets like blackout drunk and goes Gallagher style, breaks his <laughs> cool ass house, you know. <laughs> and then Rhodey flies off with the Mark II armor, which would later become. War Machine. But again, that's all legacy. It's through those actions that we finally get War Machine becoming a character in the story, and then have War Machine appear later on with stuff in Civil War, and then, like we just talked about last week, hey, we got the Infinity War trailer. You know, you get to see War Machine in that, too. So it does kind of lay those building blocks.
1: Well, the thing with him and Rhodey having that fight is Rhodey is his, like, only real friend other than Pepper. And it's too hard for Tony to, like, say goodbye to him. So he pushes him away. So he doesn't have to say goodbye. It's him giving himself the cheapest out possible. Like, that's what I get out of that party scene. Oh, it's like, I can't, I can't deal with any of this. I'm going to get drunk, so I don't have to deal with this. And I'm going to have the excuse that it's my birthday, and it's okay. Um But... Yeah, It's a character that's falling apart To go
0: even even further though The scene which I'm sure you don't like Paul Where it's Nick Fury and Black Widow in the donut shop with Tony Stark where it's like oh someone can just Steal your armor and Black Widow's like No there's redundancy set in place Like that shouldn't be possible Mm -hmm. and then Even later in Iron Man 3 we have it Told to us that like no he Has basically like Authorization built in place for To blow them all up (laughs) Well, even for characters to be able to 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 use one of those suits 'cause mm. we we see pepper like get to use the suit,
1: yeah, the rescue rescue suit, yeah, um the, the I think that villain that story is the most interesting part of this, like but there's great like come on sam uh what's his name Sam Rockwell huh. Justin Hammer, I sent you guys the
0: text yesterday yeah. They're crazy. watching, it's like every moment he's in that movie is mm-hmm. is
2: perfection. It's all great.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Every and he's, scene chewing bit of, and, and that's what you need because this guy is trying to be as cool as cool as Tony Stark. He's and, a
1: DC comics of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe,
2: uh, and it it works. <laughs> and when we when we've originally walked out of this movie. I was the one that pointed out like all of a sudden he's tan and the palms of his hands are orange. <laughs> like he had just put like a tanning thing on him. <laughs> and it was one of those things like you guys were like, oh, I didn't notice that. And I was like, oh, I just thought it was weird. His hands were orange. And then I put two and two together. <laughs> uh, I, I think it works having the hammer and the
0: played by Mickey York who will also be whiplash in this movie they've both been slighted by tony and way or another. justin hammer feels like oppressed by him in like the public uh in the public arena because like he, he's based he's the biggest tony Stark fanboy in the world and he wants to be him but he can never accomplish that and meanwhile you have Vanko in the background knowing that like Going back to the legacy, is like our fathers worked together on this arc reactor project. Uh, my dad wanted to use this to get rich. Your dad cut him out. But because of that, our legacy has been ruined. Your legacy has thrived and basically fulfilled what we wanted. So to have the two of them kind of join up together, it makes sense because... Tony kind of the sticking point for both of these characters. They both should be living in that same realm that Tony Stark is in, but he's just he's not sharing that limelight. Uh,
2: yeah, and I think the two the two characters work good as villains. One trying to use the other as a pawn, and the one using the other as the pawn mm-hmm. uh, because he's definitely using Justin Hammer to fulfill his. His prophecy. He's using him to get out of jail to get his um, to get the money to make this drone army that he can control to then create his uh, his own suit to fight Mm -hmm. against uh, Iron Man with. Um, And I think there's elements of this movie that work really, really, really well. And then there was this other side that feels like it was shoehorned in that breaks up the movie and slows it down the stuff okay. with the stuff with sh- the stuff with shield yeah. I think really slows the movie down and now it,
0: that's, that's something that I definitely wanted to talk about because I know that's
1: Paul, my issue with you, it you are not mm-hmm. a fan of it yeah because it's no longer telling that story it's trying to tell another story within a story that doesn't even that will have no effect on this one
0: And that was a sticking point for John Favreau too as he was trying to make this movie because Marvel kept coming back to him with the notes that like, no, you need to work in the S.H.I.E.L.D. story because we're going to be using this to launch the rest of the larger Marvel universe. And I think as soon as you start seeing that, it becomes apparent that, yes, like it's after they introduce like Nick Fury and Natalie Rushman played by uh, Charlotte Johansson is actually, excuse me, the Black Widow, and this is kind of segueing over to more, hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. exists, they're doing things behind the scenes. We had hints to them in Iron Man 1, but now they're actually playing a more active role in stuff. That's not the story that Don Favreau wanted to tell, but he constantly kept getting these notes from Marvels like, nope, work them in, work them in, we need this. That's why it does feel so shoehorned, because there were times where they would be upset, and he would have to rework the scripts to yeah. fit this stuff in. And this is what led to him actually not coming back for ant Man 3, because he just couldn't
1: deal with it anymore. And I don't blame him, because those feel
2: shorthand in, and they are. And that's what Edgar Wright, that's what took mm-hmm. Edgar Wright out of Ant-Man, um, was those same things of notes of having to have this or that. And then what we have in the outcome of that Ant-Man movie, it doesn't feel like they were trying to force anything in. I don't know if the new director and script writers who had to come in and really work rework the script changed that, but with this movie, it definitely feels like these things were shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. And I, that's... I'd stock this up, too, as Growing Pains of the Marvel because we've had
0: similar things done in other Marvel movies after this. But they don't seem as blatant. Mm-hmm. It happens, and you're like, "Like this works." Like, even going to something like Black Panther being introduced in Civil War.
1: Yeah, but you're a... getting
0: your you're getting your origin story for this character as being told alongside the story, and I feel like it was a lesson that they kind of had to learn by doing it this way in Iron Man Two, so as not to derail things later on down the line. Because if it had happened in Avengers where they're like, okay, now let's try to throw all this stuff together. If it had been another layer on top of everything else, I think it would have been to the detriment of that movie. And, and I... for the most part, Iron Man two, it's it still works as a solid standalone superhero movie, except for that, like three minutes in like the back quarter of it, where you now have black widow taking apart people at hammer while happy punching dudes in the, in the uh, in the hallway. It, it's a lot of payoff. It's just not not the best done. But it, it still got us there. And I think it came out of this being like, okay, you know what? We now know we have to pace things
2: in better. So I can't fault this movie for kind of being that growing pain. Uh, I mean, and even if you think like Thor, where Thor breaks into S.H.I.E.L.D. and you have introduction of Hawkeye feels more organic than what we got in Iron Man
0: 2. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because if they hadn't done all the S.H.I.E.L.D. introduction in Iron Man 2, would you have preferred they do it in the middle of Thor like they did with him going to get his hammer or would you have wanted them to try to work it into Captain America after they did all the the flashback stuff with him during World War One, because th- there's really nowhere that like, it works in organically.
1: Well, they organically worked in Shield in the first Iron Man movie. Like, hey, did, did, but did they? It was special... literally just Colson coming up and, hey, I want to talk to you about something, yeah. and then that's it. No, and then they break in, and they they're at the
0: final site. They don't
1: introduce Shield. They they mention
2: it. Yeah, but uh, here's the the thing is too is like in this movie, you could have just Scarlett Johansson. As that secretary. And then mm-hmm. without having the Nick Fury, you know, your armor got stolen. You need to go get it seen and, and that stuff. And you could just have Scarlett Johansson start coming on to like happy because she's been following all this and then have just a moment in a limo where they're driving. Like, where am I driving you? Listen, I'm an agent of shield. We need to do this and uh, then break in. I, I feel, I get exactly where you're coming from, Chris, and I, I do agree. You need to have this growing pain. You did need to have this to help introduce S.H.I.E.L.D. throughout the rest of this Marvel Universe. I think a little bit is us coming from the fact that we're in, <laughs> yeah. we're in this comic book world where we didn't need that, but yes, this world did need it, but I think it could have been tweaked a little bit better to work to the benefit of the movie
1: the tweak is because it's the one-two punch that you were complaining about before the deus ex machina of the dad coming in being drunk and be like hey i was working on this thing i just don't have that technology to create it and tony stark being like you've been dead for blah 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 years and you're still taking me to school like which i do want to give a shout out to uh John Slattery as Walt Disney I mean uh,
0: (laughs) as Howard Stark my bad Um, because again Legacy we get to see him repeatedly Well, not his version of the character we do get to see Howard Stark more throughout the years in Captain America and then later over on the TV side of things with Agent Carter
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, but not John Slattery really in Agent Carter is he?
0: No, no, not anymore. He plays the older mm-hmm. power
1: start, so we see
0: him again in uh, Civil War when Tony's having his
1: yeah, yeah, multi-billion-dollar flashback scene mm-hmm. uh, at M and T. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's it, it, the two scenes. That's he goes under house. The Shield puts him under house arrest to make him watch these home videos that give him the thing for uh, p- a palladium. And I think if they were able to just not – like, it's that middle section there. If they were able to rework that script just a little bit here, massage it there, and get it more throughout instead of – it's kind of like eating, um like, a hamburger or something and then just coming into the middle where it's uncooked. Like, it's a raw
2: piece of meat. And yeah, like, and you ugh. just want to eat around – you just eat, eat around, the, eat the, around the, it. the the part. Yeah, and
1: You're like, so it, it, man, it was a great burger except – the Middle was uncooked. Like, that's how I feel. Like, everything the shield introduction and that Deus Ex Machado to dad are right there in the middle. Yeah. Because the great moment. And then moments... the introduction of Peter Parker. Oh, uh, every... <laughs> yeah, I did want to mention that. I had that on my notes, too. Okay. Sorry. It's another. No, that, that's fine. It's a that, later on. Kind of but it's another it's little on. chunk of just like a clove of garlic that was supposed to be minced and it didn't get minced somehow. And you just bit it and you're like, what the fuck is this bitter piece of yeah, shit Yeah, it's my the
2: mouth. It's the middle of your food being cold. Yeah. Outside's okay. Because uh, the, the solid forms of this movie, if you take those away of Justin Hammer mm-hmm. and Whiplash as the villains, uh, Tony and- And
1: talking about Whiplash for a second, he was on the rise. Mickey Rourke was coming <laughs> oh, back, yeah, right? That was, big, that was
0: Mickey Rourke's like, big comeback. It was this and The Wrestler.
1: The Wrestler came out, and then he comes in, in this movie- and people are like, oh, he's back, Mickey Rourke. People are going to think he's handsome again. <laughs> Ugly son of a bitch. But somehow, like, I remember going through the office and, like, the old, like, 40 something, 50 something ladies were like, oh no, Mickey Rourke's still hot. Like, He no. <laughs> 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 looks
2: like he's constantly sucking on a lemon. <laughs>
1: There's some nostalgia there. There's some nostalgia glasses that you girls are wearing. It is creeping me out.
2: Yeah, P- Panic in Needle Park. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: but, but he was on the rise.
2: Guys, but 2017, he's a big movie star right by now, right? But the the thing Nowhere. is, is is the villain of Justin Hammer is written perfectly. The storyline of why Whiplash mm-hmm. wants to do these things is written perfectly, yeah. and how each other, each of those characters use each other to get what they want, and then both end up falling flat. Where's my bird? Uh, like, hey,
0: we got the bird from <laughs> It's your it, bird. It's, <laughs> Again, it's, it's Sam Rockwell just doing great things as Justin Hammer. We got the bird! <laughs> it Every and, single line that falls out of his face. It's I not love. my bird. Not my bird.
2: <laughs> and those things are what's great about this movie. That opening scene with the, the race car and Whiplash taking out the race cars to take down uh, Tony, I think is one of the best parts of the movie. Because that is a better fight scene than this, the scene we get at the end. Uh, because it's... F- see, I the really enjoy the fight
0: scene at the because I feel like that's our first ever big superhero team-up that we've had mm-hmm. on the big screen. Yeah, granted, it's just War Machine and Iron Man. But up to this point, I don't think besides like the X-Men movies, we've had like two different superheroes. Like, Okay, here they are. They're coming together. They're putting aside their differences now. And... They're they're coming to this common goal of defeating uh, Whiplash or
2: Venko, who's basically set everybody up. My my only problem with that end fight scene is it's too quick. It's like, oh, we fight robots, fight robots. Wait a second, Duck killed all the robots, and then Whiplash comes, and it's over like in thirty seconds. Like that fight between Whiplash and them, Mm -hmm. isn't that we high five?
1: Super high five power.
2: Yeah. Because it's laser beam high fives.
0: I I think at that point it's like, hey, here's the thing that drove the wedge between us before because Mm -hmm. we did the thing where gauntlet to gauntlet blew up in our faces. Now we're going to blow it up in his face. It's very comic book movie-y, but Mm -hmm. I I, I don't fault it. I just, like John said, yeah, it's short.
1: It's short. But unlike this beer, which is a sipper.
2: Uh, yes, uh, let's, we're going to get into our last beer that we've been sipping about. I still have. This is from, uh, yeah, I still have a good amount of mine, but I, we're moving quick in this podcast, and I was like, we need to talk about our oh, next don't beer. Don't
0: worry, I still, I still have other things to talk about. Oh, good. oh, no. Well, go ahead, drink your beer, drink your beer.
2: Uh, so we are drinking from McKellar Brewing. Uh, this is out of their San Diego brewery. This is a New England-style IPA. And uh, this is called Windy Hill. And um, this is a 7%. I've never seen Notting Hill. Uh, Notting Hill? Neither yeah. have I. It's by the same I've thing. seen it a couple times. Love Look,
1: Actually, uh, About Time, and uh, Notting Hill was his first, right?
2: Who's uh I don't know. The I directors? Thought, talk about yeah, your yeah, yeah. beer. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, why Fucking are you even... Paul. <laughs> Windy Hill <laughs> made me think of Notting Hill. Um, this is... <laughs> a, this is more like when we had... giving us a name of the episode. (laughs) And it's, ugh, Paul. Uh, This is taken as kind of back to the New England style roots, Mm -hmm. calling this a New England IPA, because this is around the same kind of realm as when we had uh, Sip of Sunshine, Mm. where you can see that that was kind of the granddaddy of these New Englands that Paul and I have been really, really drinking. And this guy calling it a New England, it's it it does have that um, easy drinking. But you mm-hmm. said it, it is a sipper. It's not as juicy no. as what you expect out of um, most New Englands, that really juiciness from the hops. Uh, yeah, Paul, I, I, the, the like, I think the HTP is, is definitely a, a better, better beer. Um, but I think following the Windy Hill, having followed... HCP did it a disservice. Mm. I think anything's gonna not taste as good after starting with an like a, a New England IPA. Um, but Windy Hill, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's um, the best. Uh, obviously, Freddie Mercury is the best from McKellar San Diego oh, that we had, uh, we had. We had. I didn't. Did I have Freddie Mercury? Yeah, that was the growler we had oh. when we recorded in the dining room. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Uh, that was definitely the best from them that we've had. Um, this is a good contender, but it's not uh, it's not nearly as good as other. It's a
1: contender, but it's kind of being at a pretender.
2: Yeah. That's, I... the, thing. That's I... the thing. That's the thing. That's a common saying. I know, but I hate you sometimes. Like that you said it. <laughs> it's, it's a like... contender, but it's kind of pretender. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing that you said. It's the that only... A it's lot the of only... people say. It's the only time I've ever heard that. It's but a anyways. Sports thing. Are they a contender or a pretender?
1: That's like middle of the season. Well, I don't know sports.
2: You watch Premier League? I have No, I work Saturdays. You used and to now watch... I have soccer playing, but I don't have any sound in my beer shop. <laughs> uh, Anywho, okay. uh, I think this is a um it's a middle of the road, New England. How much four pack, thirteen ninety nine for a four pack. Yeah, save your money. That's, it's that's not a bad price. Yeah, but
1: the thing is, like, it's not a bad price. But I would rather buy something that's four dollars cheaper and just solid, and just you know in more even keel because this is like I would drink this or new school, like this or new school. I would get amount yeah. the same amount of it. It's got a maltiness
2: full. to it. And and the thing with
1: New School is it's cheaper. Like a, a New School IPA, of course from uh Seventy brewery, it's available in like 18 packs. It's silly. Uh can't, always buy
2: in a can, never buy in a bottle. Um, it is Simcoe and Cascade hops. So the, I think those, I think those hops together might also be contributing I'm not a big to the Simcoe.
1: Group. Um I like Cascade but not simcoe i like chin hook what happened to chin hook second week i'm asking
2: it's been in my mind for a whole week it's been a whole week a whole week uh
1: not just two hours i
2: would granted i would say um there are most beers that are a cheaper price point for a four pack that you can go after and get a good beer out of but i don't think this was this wasn't worth the money to spend to try it because there's definitely people who like those hops that would love this beer, um, and I would definitely get this again with a different hop variety. Okay, yeah, I would try it again. I'd spend the thirteen ninety nine again.
1: Yeah, thirteen. It's not a bad price. I have no idea what I spend at Voodoo <laughs> when I buy it because those I. Are, I mean, they they have I'm to like, be between like because I'm like okay, what do you ha- do? You still have HGP? Okay, give me that. Uh, yeah, give me another Canadian IPA. Uh, what else do you have? Oh, that's an IPA. Is it though? It's it's pork chop sandwich that's an IPA. It doesn't taste like ham. Okay, give it to me. Uh what else do you have on uh, And Hefeweizen? Okay, get that. And like that's how I order. Uh, and they're like, "Oh, we can do crawl. you can do crawlers?" All right. What do you got? You know. Yeah. So and then they're like, "It's this much." And I'm like, "Oh, could I also get this and this?" And then I sp- I have another bill that I sign. I have no idea what I
2: I per package. Hey. Slapping, slapping those dollars out of your hand for, for beers. Welcome to my life. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you're, when yeah. are you there? I, to, you're to only me, there once a to month. To me, I, like, I, I, sell, I sell beer. And looking at this price point for other things that I've spent money on mm-hmm. and I do see the price points and know them because I look at them every day, to me, this isn't bad for a four-pack. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bad beer. This isn't This is an okay drinking experience the next time I have this, the next hop variety, it's it's a different beer. Right. It can be even better. And
1: I like that it switches up the hop variety. Yeah. Um $13.99.
2: But you understand what I'm saying. Oh, about. I understand what you're saying. But $13.99 okay. is not I mean, I have uh this Fip, I have FIP that I bought from Big Ditch as a four pack, tall boys, that I spent sixteen ninety nine on, and it was nowhere near as good as this. So yeah,
1: I mean okay, thirteen ninety nine like an XPA, like that's what we're kind of
2: saying. Like yeah. it's a different
1: thing every time. If it was this each and every time, I would skip it.
2: I would no. I yeah, yeah. the only okay. time I would buy this again is a different hop variety. Okay,
1: that's what I'm saying. I didn't realize you know me taking the first sips and drinking it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I would I would skip this each and every time it came like it came available because
2: it's no nimble giant. No. No, and it doesn't even compare to the H. The HTP. The HTP is more of a juicy. This is missing the juiciness, but I think that's coming from the hops. Cascade and Simcoe are not known for their juiciness. Yeah. Okay. Give me some Cascade
1: and some Citra.
2: Yeah, Cascade and Citra. Uh, but that'll take us. That'll take us back into our main topic, Chris. Where do we go? Let's let's eat some donuts. Um,
0: kind of uh circle back into things i really feel that this is the movie that not just sets up iron man but also the marvel universe as a whole uh we get some more of agent phil colson played by clark Gregg in this who will become not just like a side character but when we get to avengers an important character he's he's a lynchman for that movie uh we get more Paul Bettany as Jarvis. We we'll later see him given form as uh, the Vision. Uh, but then, what you mentioned before, we get a little kid in an Iron Man mask.
1: This is it's stupid. It it, it's, it, it isn't it isn't real. It's yeah, just some is, bullshit. This
0: is complete afterthought. But again, uh, the little kid in the Iron Man mask at the Stark Ex- Expo uh, has later been have revealed as a uh, young Peter Parker, which again, it's it's shoehorned in, but I don't mind it. But then the fact that it's done completely as an afterthought,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't ruin the watching experience for me. But
1: Though when I first walked out of the movie, that was the one scene I took an issue with because I'm like, there's no reason to put a little kid in danger like that. For what? Like what? We already know they're the bad guys. We because, already know he's a hero.
2: So what's the scene? Because about? they put a little kid in danger in the first movie, and that was a success. I hate it. Well, like don't oh, put kids just, in. That's not true. You don't put kids in danger for no reason. The,
0: uh, here's the thing with me and the kid who later they revealed to be Peter Parker. That kid appears the very. F- I guess we can consider maybe the first night of the Stark Expo because that's when Tony's giving his like keynote speech. To what the Stark Expo is going to be. And then, presumably, days later, when all the stuff's going down, where they're having Hammer's unveiling of the Hammer drones there, that kid's back again. That, that kid's Aunt back! they really keep driving that kid back to the Start Expo, like, daily to walk around the pavilions. And, no, he like, takes the subway.
2: That kid's back on the escalator. Okay. Now, but here's the thing. At that point,
0: that, that, kid's, that kid's young. Mm-hmm. Eight, and I don't have the nine. official timeline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in front of me, but if Tom Holland playing Peter Parker is in high school at that point,
2: that kid 14, had 15. to be like
0: six. You're not letting that kid on the subway alone well, the, to go well, to here's a science expo.
2: Here's the thing is he could be there uh, because his parents are there. If his parents are both scientists or his father's a scientist, and that's where they're going to be, Mm-hmm. and Peter is interested in science, you would bring him there. You so, would have him come that, in. That could be, but... The mom bringing him in every day after school to go visit this, and every day or wanting him to... him
1: there instead of school, because actually you could probably learn a lot more there yeah. than you could. Yeah, you could probably but, use that as like an
2: I, I want to put this out there. Having that Keep kid it. wear that cool Iron Man mask is better than me in elementary school wearing <laughs> denim jeans and a denim shirt almost every day to school because that's what Van Damme wore in one of his movies when he was playing a escape escaped prisoner. This hasn't happened in a long time, John. So appreciate it. (laughs) But I did that. I loved action movies. I loved Van Damme movies when I was a little kid in an elementary school. Uh, I forget what movie it I feel was. so sad
1: for you that you But noticed. I was
2: like, uh, I'm in a weird denim shirt cuz I look like Van Damme. That's like a little kid mentality. That's a little that's an 8-year-old kid wanting to wear yeah, a fucking denim shirt every day versus a kid wearing a cool Iron Man mask.
0: Like Or or huh. in reality, we circle back uh let the real world intrude on this. That was actually John
1: Favreau's son Max having oh. a cameo. Or the real world, which is whatever hand-me-downs I had from my either my brother or from my older cousins. That's what I wore to school every day. <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't pick out my clothes until I started buying them for myself.
2: Good, good for you. Huh? I, I like how you like a sad story from me is like, oh, I wanted to look like Van Damme, and then you're like, I didn't get my own clothes, so I started buying them. Kind of, it's true. This so was mine. I brought some truth to the table, <laughs> yeah. and you mocked me for it, Van Dam. I was eight.
1: <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Van Dam movies, so I I don't know if I should say anything. I guess. i just. I guess I would have dressed up
2: like a Ghostbuster if I could every day. Right, my dad let me. <laughs> uh, all right. Back on topic. Yeah,
0: back to the topic. Thank you. Uh, Another thing I want to mention coming out of this is we have our first look at Gary Sandling as Senator Stern.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, Rest in peace, Gary Sandling. Uh, Never liked the Larry Sanders show, but hey, you know what? I feel like you did some of your best work here. Comes off really as a foil to Tony Stark. You know, just a senator that must to have that Iron Man tech available to everybody, but as it's revealed later on down the road in Captain America: Civil War, he's he is
1: actually part of Hydra. Mm-hmm. He's just government interference messing with the free market yet again. And
0: I but, like and, and later on down the road, it, it's definitely like no, like this dude's part of Hydra. Like Hydra would want that yeah. technology mm-hmm. at least available to them, where they can try to copycat it.
2: Uh, and I think it was great having just like, um, oh, we're going to hire Gary Shandling to play this shitty senator, and then, uh, you know, six years down the road, be yeah. like, hey, no, we'll this make it. We'll like, bring him hire, back as like, a oh, bad guy.
0: Fuck that guy. Do <laughs> I, I didn't like you, Gary Shandling? <laughs> Good.
1: It was... I just
2: recently watched rewatched all the Gary Shandling show, and it's wonderful. <laughs> i I never got into it but uh if you're a little kid you shouldn't it's more of an adult (laughs) show but here's the thing like i have no idea what it's
0: mid to late 90s i i liked comedy and i liked comedians and him dennis leary and i can't remember the other guy's name crap dark hair he had a beard john
2: i'm looking to you i don't i'm sorry dark hair had a beard dark hair had a beard <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm blanking on the comedian's name. Uh, they just—they didn't. Don
1: Deluise. No, everyone likes Don Deluise, except for, except for how he
2: shakes his uh, drinks.
1: Freaking, he shakes him way up here like a jerk.
2: Well, you just like up by his head, up by his face. That's because it's comical. You know nothing about Don Deluise. It's Eesh. on camera.
0: They had to do it. Um, but no, I Carrie Shandling really came back in a big way in the marvel universe and again like if it wasn't for iron man 2 we wouldn't have had that payoff because where else could you have that kind of seed planted for that government representative that's that's part of hydra like that's the that's Mm -hmm. the payoff for him like down the road yeah uh something else that we always talk about and again bears mention in the third part of this uh, great marvel movie retrospective we got a stanley cameo guys no way uh, probably the earliest cameo we got in any of the marvel movies uh, cuz it's right at the beginning of the flick but yeah uh we could see stanley appearing at the stark expo in character cuz this is the only time i can't believe he's not stanley uh as larry king
1: all oh, right <laughs> well the first movie he was uh, uh, the guy Hugh from Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Uh, but but oh. was he though? Because we only hear Tony
0: refer to him as Hef, mm-hmm. and it just happens to be like you know Stanley is an old dude there with a couple babes, and but also wearing a smoking been... jacket. He's wearing and a also... smoking jacket. Yeah. He still could have been Stanley at that point though, until <laughs> what? we hear him introduced as Hugh Hefner. I don't believe it. This mm-hmm. time, I, I I feel like he was portraying uh, Larry King.
1: But isn't Larry King actually on in the movie? I
0: I feel like Larry King's in one of the, the movies.
1: movies.
0: Yeah, he he might be in one of the later ones. I mean, we'll that... see when we go back and rewatch him But I know Bill O'Reilly's in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: what I have to do say here, Chris, is that's not the only interesting cameo, because remember before Elon Musk. No, was he in there? Did oh, I miss he... him again?
0: there with, their... with... <laughs> again? Did you miss him the first time? Uh, I missed but... him
1: every time uh, I've seen this movie.
0: When they're in Monaco for the Grand Prix, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is sitting at the table next to, like, uh, Pepper pots like the Sark table. Oh, and then I'm gonna... Elon Musk gets up is like, hey, Tony, good to meet you. I have an idea for an electric jet. And then Sark's like, oh, email my people on it. Uh, I'm going to have to. Darn it. Uh, because See, everybody Paul, says. Paul, he... This is why I say every time we do this, you need to go back and rewatch the. Like, I rewatched the movies, it this week.
1: And I you missed it. Elon,
0: they, they call him Elon. It's not even like they're playing it off like yeah. someone else.
1: Might have been doing Christmas cards during the Ooh, movie, Paul, but still. You need to actively watch these. Okay. Anyways, the one thing I was going to, the cameo I was going to mention was uh, Olivia Munn. Because remember the the fan fervor leading up to this movie about her casting? Oh, she's going to be in Iron Man 2? Oh, she's going to be Scarlet Witch? Who's she going to be? Is it? And then it's just like. A weird, she's just the announcer for the it's just someone, the 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 race to begin. It's like nothing at all. But then she's Psylocke later on. And she's Psylocke, and, and she ruins. Oh, like, why is she Psylocke? She ruins all of Chris's wet dreams. So you know, I, I, I'm
0: not 100% married to this idea yet, but I think maybe at some point we should do like a great X-Men movie retrospective because I haven't seen anything after X3. Or no,
1: first class. First first class class we watched to see together, and none of us could imagine
2: anybody liking it.
0: And then we found out we had friends that liked it.
2: And the majority (laughs) Uh, of people liked it, apparently. The majority of people liked it, but I will have to say Greg has come around. He's come around to say, no, you guys are right, that movie's shit.
0: It is shit. Good, thank you, Greg. I will now allow you to be on the Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh <laughs> I don't know where I was going to go. I I was starting a sentence and I was like, I don't know what I was going to say. This introduced
1: oh, a cool. lot of characters to the Marvel universe. Some of them stuck around. Some of them didn't. Unfortunately, this is the uh I know with Kate, she always in Iron Man 1, she loves the relationship between Pepper and Tony. And this is where they get to get frayed a little bit. She doesn't enjoy it, and then during Iron Man three: I,
0: I feel like it, it, it might get frayed, but they're still there. like after Tony puts her as CEO of Star, like he still goes to visit her, and like they're in that transitionary period where he still has stuff in the office, but like she's trying to take the reins. Mm-hmm. And he shows up with the strawberries and she's like, "What's the one thing I'm allergic to?" And he's like, "I knew there was something like:
1: Strawberry: I knew there was some I... connection between you and strawberries. I so, feel
0: like Iron Man 2 adds more depth to the
2: Tony Pepper relationship than we had. Yeah. Uh, I I agree. Um, I think it definitely ties even more with 3. But with this one is when they actually become an item. There are always... Like when she there kisses was...
1: his helmet, it kisses him and puts him in and goes down on the expo. Like, that's cute at the beginning. But by the middle of it. It's, like, frayed and it's just... Kim and I want them to be just a cute, adorable couple.
2: They're never gonna oh, be that, though. Yeah. Uh And like, a the thing, homecoming. They're never, not, they're never not that, though. And a homecoming. And a homecoming. I could propose to you, ugh,
1: no. No, because she's, like, that's a horrible, like, PR stunt right now. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want her engagement to be a PR stunt. But she wants to be engaged. But again,
0: it's it's Tony, and that's that's all Tony is—is is like the PR stunts,
1: yeah. living larger than he is. Uh, like guys, but Chris, come on, seriously, would you watch this? Iron Man One, Hulk, Iron Man Two, or would you throw first Avenger? Uh, well, don't get don't get ahead of us before uh, this.
0: For power rankings, I actually have Iron Man two, and then Iron Man, and then Incredible Hulk. Wow, you like? Yeah i I love Iron Man one, but this one this is the setup for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you see everything being planted for it. It might not be done to the strongest, Mm -hmm. but but it happens. And I'm sorry, like that whole, uh, hey, here's nick fury they're at the donuts shop you're looking at like three minutes of movie <laughs> seems like it's three longer. hours of movies it, but again it's yeah. it takes you out of it because it's at the point where you've had <clears throat> you've had tony drunk at his party he mm-hmm. wakes up the next day and then you have nick fury yelling at him and it's an abrupt introduction to who nick fury is um And to go back even further, Kevin Feige actually did a interview recently where he talked about that very first Nick Fury introduction at the end of Iron Man 1. And the whole reason that was done as a post-credits thing is because they didn't want it to be intrusive to the movie. They wanted Mm -hmm. to be that nod to the fans who would be like, oh, Nick Fury, he's talking about the Avengers. That's cool. They didn't want to put that into the movie to have it be a sticking point for people who weren't familiar with who he was or what he was talking about. So that's why they put it at the end of everything else. So for a lot of people, you still see it. People get up and leave during the credits and you're like, what the fuck? This is a Marvel movie. Like, don't you know, like you can expect like five more minutes of like of greatness during the credits and after and everybody leaving
1: Everybody leaving's like, what the fuck, guys? You can see it on YouTube right now. Like, why are you sitting around waiting for four minutes? I've already watched it before I showed up for this movie.
2: Uh but I do want to say that's this true. Chris. Marvel origin story movies. What's what's your number one? Uh origin story movies?
0: I would say Guardians.
2: Ooh. And then
0: And then Iron Man.
2: Okay. okay. So the fact that I have Iron Man as, like, my number five and Guardians is my number two or three.
0: <laughs> okay, no. Uh, <laughs> All right. right. I, I, I'm trying not to think too far ahead. Yeah, I, we're, we're only gonna... doing power ah,
1: rankings. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. I didn't say. I didn't, I didn't. You said Guardians. Uh, we uh, haven't I'm, gotten there yet. Is Greg here? I, I don't do see the, Greg. The,
0: here's the thing. I'm going to do the week-to-week power rankings for us just to see, like, because that's the whole thing. Like, think about these things as you watch them, as you talk about them, because... The movie that you think is like, oh, no, that's my number four favorite Marvel movie. It might change after you rewatch it and then think about, like, the movies that came after. Yeah. But, well, yeah, Guardians is great, and I can't wait till we finally get to that point.
1: I can't wait to have Greg on the show again. That's be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure he brings beer. I'll be there for it. Whatever it is, <laughs> I'll work what? it out. Hey, uh, that's a Vagna broadcast promise. But John, That's uh, gonna so suck
2: because Paul bought a new board that only has two Mike Jacks. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, Steve in I gave the other one
1: to Steve uh, Rosenberg. God. Rosenberg
2: Rosenberg. I
1: don't know his last name. I just give him a shit. He gave me a
2: beer. your your power rankings. Uh for these three for, for the for, movies. We watched for, three of them now. For these three. Um I think I I, I Iron Man One, mm-hmm. number one. I Iron Man two and then Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Um, having rewatched that Hulk for this, it was one of those things that I just, I just don't ever want to do again. I did it for, I did it for us. I did it for the show
1: because that villain's so bad. He's just
2: not. Everything be- about that movie is bad. Uh, we Le talked. Tyler we talked bad. about it. I'd rather have Jennifer Connelly. Yeah,
1: that's true. She's my number
2: yeah. 4. Um, and the fact that th- half of this movie, the the parts that I really really love about this movie seal the deal for me. Mm-hmm. And it is it's the the villains. It's Justin Hammer. Uh Sam Sam Rockwell, I don't think it's enough credit for this. And if we were Ooh. if we were going to talk, I don't know if we're going to talk about all the um those mini, the oh. Marvel mini episodes.
0: The, the I actually thought about doing that once we kind of got to the midpoint of the uh, the cinematic it? universe, like watching all of the Marvel one shots because they're all on YouTube. Like, yeah. you don't need to have the
2: DVDs to watch them. Well, he appears in Hell to the King oh. and he's in that prison scene. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> really,
0: that's like one of my favorites. And,
2: and he's really he's really funny and really good in that because, again, it's Sam Rockwell. He's mm-hmm. great. Uh, and that's the next. T- that's the next and only time we see that character. Um, I wish we'd get. I wish he'd pop up again, because it is a great character. Uh, and a great character actor doing doing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of those, that's why it's number two. I really enjoyed the whiplash scenes. Uh, Granted, the fight scene at the end isn't um, as epic as that initial scene with Whiplash when he's not in an iron suit and he's taking out cars and it's blowing up around him. Uh, But yeah, out of of these three movies, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2.
0: Uh, Before you go, Paul, I just want to say one of my favorite things about this, just in the research phase leading up to the episode, is that whole Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell dancing thing. That's something that Sam Rockwell does on his own to get into character. And it was ad-libbed on set when he's at the Stark Expo, like, dances onto stage. That was just Sam Rockwell being like, okay, no, this is how he would get pumped up, because that's how I, as an actor, get pumped up for my characters.
2: Uh, He did a movie just recently. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. Was it Moon? The,
0: the Uh, The Three Billboards to Somewhere. No, just came
2: out. Uh, it's called like Mr. Wright, I think okay. it's called. It's him and um, who's the adorable girl that everyone said should play um, Squirrel Girl?
1: Emma Fanning. No, no.
2: I, I don't even know who. I
0: feel like you combined like multiple actresses to come up with that name. Nope.
1: What's her name? Something
2: Fanning. Um, Fanning.
1: Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. No, she, it's not. She's a girl.
2: Yeah, it's it's called the movie's called Mr. Wright. And it's uh, come on. Where where are the actors in this movie?
1: Dakota Fanning was in Uptown Girls with a uh, Brittany. Brittany Murphy. No, Brittany Murphy. Dead. I know. Wait, is it... she dead? Yeah,
2: she is dead.
1: It okay. made me sad. Yeah, Mr. Wright. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Oh, Anna Kendrick. Okay,
2: okay. Uh, but.
1: And it has Tim Roth in it too.
2: It does. So. Uh, Mr. Wright is a girl falls for the perfect guy who happens to be uh, who happens to have a very fatal flaw. He's a hitman on the run from uh, crime cartels who employ him, but he isn't. He's a hitman that when he's hired, if if the people who hire him are bad, he kills them instead of the people they're supposed to kill. Hmm. So he's a hitman with a conscience, and it is a really great movie. But Sam Rockwell plays it. He's very dancy in it. In his action sequences almost seem like a like he's dancing choreographed. and choreographed dance instead of instead of that it's really really I really like it. I've watched it a couple times. It's a fun uh, movie
0: this, this sounds really fun uh it sounds like a weird mashup between uh shoot 'em up
1: uh or someone's bill point not- blank. Uh, Bill Nye and, uh, and... Oh, uh, uh, and Rupert, we, that
2: Hitman hit movie. Yeah, I don't remember. Rupert Grint. And, I know what uh, movie you're talking about. I can't think of was, it. Uh,
1: the girl that I think is very attractive that I can't think of right now that was in uh, Adjustment Bureau. She had a bit role in uh, The Muppet, the newest Muppet, but well, not The Muppet's Most Wanted. Oh, are you one. talking about Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt, yes. Uh,
0: also, fun fact, Emily Blunt was originally slated to appear as Black Widow. <sighs> in this movie. But she had to drop out because she was filming Gulliver's Travels. Oh, come Jack on. Black. Come on, so, Emily so Blunt. There you go. There you go. Oh. See, these are the kind of things you learn when you listen to the great Marvel movie retrospective over here at the Magnet Boardcast, guys.
1: Oh, man. Iron Man 2 What's would that? have been my first favorite movie if it was Emily Blunt instead of Scarlett Johansson.
0: She is, I, I do want to watch Mister Right now. I can't. She, it came out like two years ago, and
2: I haven't heard of this. Yeah, you should watch it.
1: So my I called it Amazon, for. A, so I, might.
2: Uh, I believe when we did a look forward, it was one of my movies to look forward to that year. You so guys should listen to me more often.
1: Wait, is Emily Blunt in that movie?
2: No. Oh, no, Anna, Anna Kendrick your, is. Anna Kendrick oh, okay. is.
1: Anna okay. It's
2: good. The
1: RZA's in it too. You mean the RZA?
0: Yes, the RZA. <laughs> He's really good Anyways, in it too. Oh.
1: Your power rankings, three movies Same as John, it's uh, Iron Man Iron Man 2 uh, The Incredible Hulk The Incredible Hulk It could have been so much better Like I think they got That like That um, kind of Tension there with the uh, Wristband, the Fitbit Like with his heart rate But you you do want to go see the Hulk And I think that's the problem with every Hulk Like you can't do a Hulk movie guess of it. Wild Target, that's the name of the movie.
2: With, 2010
1: with Rupert Grint and mm-hmm. yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye is such a great actor.
2: Yeah.
1: And if you haven't seen About Time, uh,
2: it's about it time goes. that you see it. It is. It is.
1: <laughs> it's it's a it'll pull out your heart pull out your heartstrings. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it actually it has Rachel. uh it has Amy. Rachel McAdams, Rachel McAdams. Not Amy Adams. Mm, Very different, yeah. Very different, but I get them their names confused. They're both... Rachel McAdams was in Mean Girls, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the one that I think is the most attractive. She's
0: in
2: Doctor Strange, too. Mm -hmm. She is. Uh, We'll talk
0: about that in like eight episodes.
2: (laughs) So you put this movie as number one, Chris? Uh, Well,
0: Mm -hmm. I don't put it as number one overall, but of the three we watched... I think when you watch them all as Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, I think this fits more into into what they are. It's it does it
1: it does a lot of service to the overall. It does, and thing, it, it's but... it, it's what
0: Robert Downey Jr. learned on the set of Iron Man One, being like, okay, here's what I can do with this character because the the Iron Man and the Tony Stark that we get, I think, are so more based off of. Iron Man 2 than Iron Man 1 because yeah he's still a smarmy jackass you still like him in Iron Man 1 but Iron Man 2 like I feel like the character has been like solidified at this point
1: it's a little Marty McFly becoming very enraged about the word chicken where in Iron like I said at the beginning of the episode or the review where in in Iron Man 1 he comes out of the cave facing his mortality and overcoming it and then all of a sudden in Iron Man Two, he's facing his Iron morale. Man Two.
0: He's unstoppable. He's at the he's at the top of his game because he doesn't think anyone else can do anything better.
1: No, no. But he's facing his mortality constantly, and he's wor- worrying about his legacy yet again, and he's dying. And I I feel like, and that's what leads. You know, with Iron Man three, with him going it, you know, with See, him dealing, I, with oh, going I, into the th- I tunnel. Think this is all
0: a talk for later because I yep. feel like we don't get that Tony until Avengers and Iron Man three,
1: and also Age of Ultron. Uh, all right, well, we'll be back with all those uh, Marvel movie retrospectives. <laughs> well,
2: now I want to do them all in a row. <laughs>
1: nope, we are out those of are beer. Silly. Those are strictly to fill in gaps. <laughs> those and are we recording got gaps. Christmas talk about holiday moving holiday buying guides like, we haven't
2: done that in like eight years
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and look Very backs true. and comic book trading policies and
2: but find us over on the facebook uh, find us over on our website where chris is doing some beautiful show notes and you can comment over there as well as facebook
0: on, um, i'm tired of deleting russian
2: comments from people that are just trying to get us to go to phishing websites Find us over on wherever you listen to us. Please rate and review us. Sometimes it's difficult, I know that, but uh, we appreciate it and helps other people find our show. Uh, Thank you all for listening.
0: Let us know your thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where do you place everything so far? Hey, you got three movies.
2: You got three movies. Uh, Rate them and put them up on uh, our website or on Facebook.